We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. Good morning and welcome back to the Morning Briefing for Friday, March 30th, 2018. I'm your host, Eric Dame. Jonathan Kopanger is your fill-in producer today. Jake is enjoying some well-deserved vacation time out in California, hanging out with some of his veteran brothers doing, I don't know, California things, hopefully in some nice sunny weather. It's been kind of gray and drizzly around here lately, although I woke up this morning and it was so nice outside, Joe Davis. I considered getting on the Harley to come into work, but I was tired enough that I was like, nah, I need to have my coffee on the way in. I need to swing through Dunkin' Donuts. So I left the motorcycle at home. I went ahead and did that. I'll tell you what, Eric. It's a great day outside. It was 66 when I walked outside. I got my polo shirt, and it's got a big old Washington Nationals logo on it. Oh, that's, they're, they're the second-place team in the National League East, right? Uh, first place. They're undefeated. Right now, the Mets are undefeated with a 100% winning record. <laughs> <laughs> on pace for 162 games. Of Welcome course, to baseball season. Joe Davis, media guru from the Veterans of Forum Wars, joins us on the morning briefing today. And Joe, opening day was yesterday, and as we were talking about, it's uh, it's still it's the one sport that I still follow closely and the one sport that I'll still watch a ton of games. I kind of slowed down with watching the NFL this year. My team wasn't very good. I'm busy. It takes so long to watch those games. Uh, it, it's uh, Baseball just has this soothing effect on me that I just love. I love sitting there watching the game and people complain about it being too slow. That's one of the things I like about the sport, just being yeah. able to take yeah, it I'll all I'll tell in. you, my wife, Mary, she knows when baseball season comes around that she's going to be a widow for the next six months. <laughs> but, you know, you think about it. You're playing 182 games in six months. That's a lot of ball right there. Plus, you're on the, you're on, you know, if you have an away game, you know, yeah. you're on the bus, you're on the plane, and you got to go, and then you got somehow have some kind of normal family life. I don't right. think he can. Yeah. Well, actually, uh, we have a show announcement, and Joe was just asking me about it, so we'll make this one as uh, before we get into the VFW topics. So, uh, apparently, you're a Washington Nationals fan. The Nationals are one of few teams, if not the only team in MLB, that doesn't have uh, a Spanish-language broadcast for their games. They are going to, and it's going to be on 1580 AM, WJFK AM, which is the station that we are currently on. So there's going to be a Spanish-language uh, uh, sports station, it looks like, uh, coming to that and Spanish-language broadcast of the Nationals games uh, coming over there. And what we are uh, going to do is move to uh, FMHD channel, WPGC uh, HD over there, and hopefully we may be available on some other channels around the country on FMHD stations as the days continue because of that. Next week, we will not be on the air, including our internet stream, which, of course, is going to stay there, and that's where most people listen to us. That is going to stay... right where it is but next week we're basically going to be retooling the morning briefing it may not even have the same name as the morning briefing after next week so we're going to uh, have a brand new show coming for you uh the week after that so that's i believe the week of april 9th we are going to have a whole new setup here and we're going to be doing some amazing stuff and we'll still be talking to the vsos like the vfw and vets it's going to be the same great show that you're used to it's just going to be uh in a slightly different location if you happen to listen to us over the air in washington dc 
So that will be a um, uh, a great thing for us. I think it's going to give us a lot more uh, flexibility with our guests. And you know, Joe, there are people we want to talk to who are out in California who are getting up at 5 a.m. to do an 8 a.m. Eastern Time interview. You mean like Jake? Yeah, <laughs> we should call him now. See, <laughs> hey, are you awake? What's going on? Is California nice? Um, so it's going to be fantastic. But before uh, we get to anything else, we need to get to the VFW. And actually, Joe, very quickly, I moved down to the area in a little bit less than a year ago and have yet had yet to find a barber that I really liked had yet to find someone that was going to to be like my guy Alex back in New York you know the we had the barber shop with the uh, the Russian barbers in there where I'd go in and they just uh, we'd talk and they'd cut my hair and listen to awful Russian pop music down here I hadn't found one I decided to check out a place shortly before the Hill Vets 100 gal I had to get a nice haircut and as I walk in I see the VFW symbol on their front window. I'm like, huh. I walk in. It's Sport Clips, which apparently has a pretty amazing relationship with the VFW that even as a VFW member myself, I wasn't really aware of. I went in there. It was my first ever time. It's a great place. They have a sports TV right in front of you if you are a sports person. Um, just got to see if they can get some Mets games on those. I mean, I'm up near Baltimore, so eh, maybe. You know, orange, those colors on the Orioles and the Mets. But you guys are doing some pretty amazing stuff with sport clips, apparently. With We're talking about like scholarships and other things that are going on. So how long has that relationship been around? Uh, many years now. Gordon Logan, who's the uh, the owner-founder, of, uh, he's out of uh, Texas. He's uh, well, He was a 130 pilot in uh, Vietnam. Mm. And uh, basically, he's a lifetime VFW member, and he wanted to have some type of relationship uh, with us. So at the national organization level, we created a scholarship program. And it's basically it's the VFW Sport Clips uh, Help a Hero Scholarship. And these are for uh, post-9-11 veterans who are going to school on the new GI Bill, which can't pay for everything. I mean, if you're going into STEM, uh, yeah. science, technology, engineering, and math, uh, it, the GI Bill, as gorgeous as it is, won't pay for everything. So the the, the Help a Hero Scholarship program is for, is for those, uh, for the enlisted troops, is for the enlisted troops that basically who uh, need a little extra cash at yeah. $5,000 grants, and you're not limited to just one. Right. So we've had, uh, I've met one person who's had three consecutive grants from us just to help him pay for school. Wow. Well, and they also did a great job with my haircut, and I got the MVP there treatment for no extra money because it was my first time, which meant I got a shampoo and a massage, and all. it was, like, great. Scalp massage, man, shampoo, all that stuff. So, yeah, Sport Clips and the VFW have partnered up, and it's really cool what you guys are doing over there. Moving on to the, uh, the bigger news items, including the big one from about 48 hours ago or so. Secretary Shulkin out at the VA and Rear Admiral Ronnie Jackson, the presidential physician for President's uh, Bush towards the end of his presidency, Obama and Trump. So uh, where does the VFW stand on this move? We look forward to the confirmation hearings mm-hmm. because, you know, what the uh, what the admiral has is a he has a lack of experience as far as uh, leading large management managing. Right. And th- that could be a good thing, you know, yeah. because the, the, the uh, VA, what you're talking, 360, 375,000 employees. Uh, $185 billion worth of budget. It is a huge machine is what it is. It it is a bureaucracy. Um, And so not knowing anything about the VA is a weakness. But perhaps not knowing anything about the VA is also a strength Mm. because you're not going in with any uh, preconceived notions. Now, the problem here is some of the folks who uh, the VFW is not too happy with, the politicos who are entrenched inside the VA, might be the one who are feeding him the information, filtering the information to right. him about the VA. And so we're very concerned about that. But, you know, 
we have to give him uh, all the support we can once we get through the uh, confirmation hearing because he should be if should he become the next department of the the, the VA secretary obviously we have to work hand in hand if we're yeah. going to take care of America's veterans and as you said that the lack of experience because he is such an amazing physician uh, from what i've heard he is considered to be perhaps the best physician in the military that's why he's the president's physician. Because of that expertise and how great he is at that job, he's never really been in the management side of things in Navy medicine, where most of the admirals in Navy medicine might still be practicing physicians. However, they typically uh, go over to the management side, and they're running massive commands or hospitals or things like that. Uh, Admiral Jackson is such a top-notch physician that he eventually got put into the post of presidential physician, and he's been there for over a decade now. Think about that. You don't get to stay at a position that long unless you're very, very good at it. And But, you know, the VA's again, it's different. It's a totally different animal yeah. right there. I mean, you have to deal with unions. And you have a union for the rank and file. You have a union for the senior executive service as well. Right. Uh, you're going to have hiring and firing power uh, that, you know, this is a new authority that he has. You don't have to be able to justify it, of course. Yeah. Uh, but you're also going to have a deputy secretary. You're going to have three undersecretaries that hopefully mm. are going to do their job. You know, you got to look at it, the track record of his predecessors. I mean, you know, uh, D- uh, Dr. Shulkin, you know, board certified practicing physician has run large medical centers. Yeah. Okay. He's gone. Before him was Bob McDonald. He ran Procter & Gamble, yep. a very large medical system. Before him was Eric Shinseki, general, United States Army chief of staff. He ran a very, very large organization. And for some reason or whatever, they're not there anymore because of the, uh, it's just the way of the culture yeah. as we like to talk about it. Because in uh, when General Shinseki, Secretary Shinseki, in his last day before he resigned, he was giving a speech to the uh, Homeless Veterans Coalition. Yeah. And when he basically says, I think I trusted the information and the people below me too much. This is this was right when uh, 2014, when Phoenix imploded. Yeah. And because people were basically, uh, they were the secret waiting lists. Yep. Now, and who in the Army, what time. second lieutenant or private would ever tell a four-star general a lie? Mm. But people were hiding the truth from uh, the Secretary of the Veterans Affairs. Some veterans that we've heard from have said, you know, we want a veteran in that office. Some people have said that Dr. Shulkin being a physician was a benefit of him being in there. In this case, we've got someone who... 22, 23 years of Navy experience. I mean, he came in in 95, I believe, so he's been in about 23 years, uh, is a top-notch physician. Uh, as you said, may not have that management experience, certainly doesn't have the political experience, although being a flag officer in the Navy, uh, there's politics involved in that, I guarantee. Um, do, do you see that as as the, the biggest question mark that could be a positive or a negative, the fact that he doesn't have that experience, but he does have the military experience and the physician experience. And part of what the quote unquote drain the swamp thing was about was getting rid of people who their whole career was just doing the political thing and working their way up and bringing in people with a a new fresh look at things. Uh, Do you think that's perhaps the biggest positive possibility, but also the biggest positive drawback? You know, I personally, you know, as a flag officer, he has a leadership experience. Mm. You know, managerial experience is yet to be seen. But the thing is, as the secretary of the second largest department in the government, he is he will be surrounding himself with good people who know what the heck they're doing. Yep. And you have to have that as a, man, as a manager and as a leader. He needs to set the tone. He needs to basically say, this is the uh, leader's intent. This is the boss's intent. This is the commander's intent on how we go forward from here and there. Now, what you need to do is you need to excite the the population, the masses, the workers below you to say, this is what I want to do. I am all full on board with, with what the secretary wants to accomplish. Mm. Uh, the confirmation hearings 
should be interesting. But yeah. uh, the thing is, if he becomes secretary, then we are definitely going to support them. Now, obviously, there's uh, the talk about this town here is privatizing the VA, and the yeah. VFW is 100% against privatizing the VA. Prior to Phoenix imploding in 2014, about 10% of the VA's healthcare budget was used to contract outside yeah. of the hospital, which is fine. You know, there are some medical specialties that are so specialized that there's only one VA doctor in that VA medical center who ha- possesses that talent and that license. Well, you want that doctor to take leave and vacation to go rest. So that's when you contract out. Makes sense. But, you know, what we don't want but right now, 30% of the VA's healthcare budget is uh, outside. There are some people who want to contract and just demolish the VA. We're speaking with Joe Davis, media relations leader over at the Veterans of Foreign Wars, the media guru, the press man, and we're talking about... My title uh, keeps getting better. Uh, it just keeps changing. Grand muckety-muck of the media. How about that one? That's a good one. So Joe, Joe, that's what Joe does. And we're talking about the issues surrounding uh, Secretary Shulkin's removal and the nomination of Admiral Ronnie Jackson over there um, at the VA. Question for you about that before we move on. The privatization issue is a big one. The fact that Admiral Jackson, I mean, not a lot of people seem to know a lot about him. He's not been a very public person other than, uh, you know, a press conference, press briefing here or there about uh, the president's health or whatever um, over the years. The fact that that he comes from a government medical system, I mean, that's where he's practiced his entire career, essentially, has been in the Navy medicine system, the, the military medicine system. Do you think that bodes well for... Uh, the non-privatization of the VA, the fact that he comes from a government medical system similar to the VA in military medicine, or do you think that there's no way to tell how he feels about that? Well, we had another presser, uh, General McPeak. He ran Army medicine, so uh, there there is precedent for that. Expect, uh, but uh, Peak basically had the chops, not because he had the leadership experience of running Army medicine. Yeah, uh, it's going to be an interesting confirmation hearing here, and we have to give him the benefit of the doubt. Uh, you know, I would hope that the president would not ch- would have not chosen him if he didn't have the confidence to uh, for him to succeed, and that's what we need here. The VA needs some successes yeah. because they're just one headline away from you know front page splashes again, and then now you have the trust of America's veterans. Well, you have no trust of America's veterans mm-hmm. in their VA healthcare center right. system, and that's what we don't need because we don't need the antagonists out there saying, "See, Americans don't Americans." Veterans don't trust their VA. That's why we should privatize it. Yeah. But all they're doing is saying, you know, let's shift a government's inherent uh, responsibility to take care of wounded, ill, and injured veterans and moving into the civilian sector that also has waiting lists and definitely has doctors who don't know how to handle 20 to 100-year-olds with every wound, injury, or or, uh, illness that you can think of, Mm -hmm. all wrapped up in one body, and it could be 20 years old. Do you uh, have any regret that the VSOs, we've heard from uh, the, the other VSOs as well as the VFW, that uh, you weren't really included in this process of of looking at who might be a good nominee? I mean, the nomination came out. You found out about it in the same way that we did, essentially, through social media and through the media and things like that. Do you wish there had been more VSO involvement in that uh, process or that you'd, you'd at least been asked what your opinion was? We have a place here in Washington, and but it's it's... You know, we have a strong impact on uh, legislation, but uh, the president gets to pick what the, who the president wants to pick. Yep. And right here, obviously, you know, it was a surprise that Dr. Shulkin was kept over from the Obama administration. Yeah. It was a very pleasant surprise, too, because he knew the system. I mean, Shulkin was hired a year after Phoenix imploded. He was brought in to basically fix the health care side, mm-hmm. and he did. 
it was there's a lot of pushback going on because this is Washington, and you got to remember that the VA is a bureaucracy. Uh-huh. Uh, it has a culture, and you know, like, real quick and dirty, the culture you have. Medical center directors, this is not everywhere, isolated cases, but you have medical center directors with with medical multiple medical degrees and hospital management degrees. They are literally responsible for billions in annual budgets and thousands of employees. Mm. How much credence do they want to give to a two-year political appointee in Washington when they tell them how to run a hospital? Yeah. That's a culture of indifference. And if the, the if the center director is indifferent to Washington, then that that thought that culture is going to permeate it's all all the way down to the gs5 and 6 you're sitting at the front desk in customer service we're speaking with joe davis of the vfw about the latest and greatest and most important items out there and a very important one that we've talked about earlier this week on the show joe vietnam veterans day yesterday was the inaugural celebration of this and as we were talking to brigadier general rose about uh, just a couple days ago uh, a long overdue recognition of what the men and women who served in Vietnam did for this nation. Is that how the VFW is looking at the holiday? Yesterday was the first anniversary, and, it, you know, March 29, 1973, was the, the date that the last combat troops left. And so that's that's the significance of that date, and it was also the date that the last uh, uh, POWs returned out of the North. But, you know, it's kind of like you got to look at the Vietnam generation and basically say thank you. They, I mean, if you fought over there, and you came home, you suffered a lot. And for years, a lot of those folks wouldn't even admit to being a veteran. Mm. And, and you know, I'm a Desert Storm veteran. I got a parade because of the Vietnam generation. Yeah. I got a parade right down uh, Constitution Avenue because of the Vietnam generation. But you know what? It was their parade, too. Because, you know, when you look at Schwarzkopf and Horner and all the, and all the other the leaders from Desert Storm, they were all junior officers mid, and mid-grade officers in Vietnam. Right. They learned how not to fight the next war. Hmm. And when their turn came to fight, plus they had the leadership in uh, George H.W. saying, we're going to go do it. And they did it. And, and who knew? I mean, you know, when we were staging out of Saudi Arabia before we went in, we were up against the fourth largest standing army in the world. The fourth largest standing army in the world. And, you know... And we had shipped over 10,000-plus body bags. You know, Saddam, they had, I mean, it was a battle-hardened army. They had just finished fighting a nine-year war with Iran. They gassed their own people. So we're talking brutal and yeah. combat-hardened. The Kurds up in Nobody the Nobody knew. Yeah. Who knew that the air war was basically going to last six weeks and the ground war 100 hours? Yep. It was It was fantastic. And the rest of the world took notice, too, because, you know, all of a sudden America's army, instead of fighting in straight lines, now we're an expeditionary force where we can package things. Yep. And we've carried that forward through today because today's leaders in Iraq and Afghanistan and now Syria, they all learn from Desert Storm. Mm. So, you know, I'm glad that our leadership, I'm glad we have professionals who would decide to stay and make a career because they're making it better because they're training the folks below them to replace them. Yeah. And it is really fantastic to see the recognition for a generation of veterans that has done some amazing things, did amazing things while they were serving. And then after they served, the, the goal of the Vietnam veterans, people like Bruce Brenner, post commander at 1469 in New York, who was my post commander up there when I joined the VFW, their outlook was, we're going to do whatever it takes to make sure that no veteran is ever treated the way we were when we came home because they didn't get any parades. Some of them got spit on. Some of them were, you know, just just castigated by society for, for serving and why so many of them hit it. I mean, I told the story yesterday of my friend, or two days ago, my friend Pete Burden down in Jacksonville who uh, served in the Marine Corps in Vietnam, and, and a lot of people wouldn't know it. Uh, he talks about it now, but he didn't tell me everything about his uh, story until I had him here on the show. Turns out he became a cop 
cop when he got out was at Woodstock on horseback, and one of his uh, buddies over in Vietnam was a father, uh, adoptive father of an NFL superstar, and just all these amazing stories that were kind of, uh, I think, kind of kept closed by a lot of the Vietnam generation uh, because of the way that they were treated when they got back. To see them starting to get recognition through things like Vietnam Veterans Day is absolutely tremendous. Let's say one, one more thing about the Vietnam veterans. You know, that generation, I think it, it changed America. Mm-hmm. I mean, they changed America. You know, whether you protested in the street or you does, you served in uniform, you know, what you basically did is you, you, you back then that generation taught America how to disassociate the politics of war. Yep. Absolutely. You know, you can hate the war, but don't blame the troops who are fighting it because, you know, we salute smartly and we press on with the mission. You know, so you have to disassociate the politics of the war from the people who are serving in uniform. Yeah. And we're there today still. Yeah. And I think people are... uh, uh... Unfortunately, sometimes it takes uh, a very bad example for people to learn a lesson in the way that the veterans were treated we uh, learned. after the Vietnam War was awful, but we learned from it. And big part of the reason that we learned is those veterans. They started working towards teaching people and letting them know, hey, this wasn't about us, whether you agreed or disagreed so, with the war. Quick story, because I'm transitioning to the last topic here about the Hill Vets Gala that yeah. we went to last <laughs> night. Because, you know, I don't know what you all, we, both Eric and I were wearing our zoot suit uh, tuxes oh, yeah. last night with bow ties and everything. First time since my senior prom in 98. <laughs> 98? I got socks older than that. <laughs> but anyway, uh, we, were, we were able to recognize my boss, uh, Bob Wallace, who's the executive director yes. and past national commander of the VFW. He's executive director of the Washington office here. New Jersey boy, uh, Rutgers grad. Et cetera. But anyway, in uh, 1968, uh, in Tet, 1968, there's a pic- there's a very famous picture of uh, of Lance Corporal Bob Wallace, him and the three others carrying a 460 pound 105 cordless rifle through the streets of Way yeah. under fire, and uh, and years later, well, not too many years later, a second lieutenant uh, uh, out at uh, Camp Pendleton told his uh, platoon, "We're going to carry this 105 to the other side of the parade ground." And everybody, oh, LT, why are we going to do that? Because I saw a picture of some Marines doing it under fire in Tet 68 in the streets of Hawaii. Well, that lieutenant ended up becoming the commandant of the Marine Corps, and he tells that story all the time. Oh, wow. And uh, I tell you, it's, <laughs> a, it's, it, it, it's, it's amazing uh, the capacity of people to be able to pull together under the worst conditions and to accomplish a mission. And so, you know, it was, it was great that uh, my boss, Bob Wallace, uh, you know, was able to be recognized last night. But it was also great to be surrounded by veterans, older, every, a lot more younger veterans last night oh, than yeah. there were the G- Vietnam generation, oh, even yeah. though we obviously gave a shout out to the Vietnam generation. Yeah. But, you know, it was great to see the families there, the family organizations, to recognize uh, those folks and just to, just to be surrounded by uh, people who I'm related to, even yeah. though I don't know him yet, I'm related to him. My wife, uh, who's, we, we were married after I got out of the military, so she didn't have the experience of being a military spouse, and she knew the the boys at the VFW Post, and you know, we had my son's first birthday at the VFW Post. Um, this was one of her first full veteran experiences with being around uh, all veterans in that kind of environment, and as we drove home, well, she drove home because uh, she doesn't drink, and I, I do occasionally and had a couple, so better safe than sorry. She drove home after the event last night. She said, you know what? You don't get much BS with those people, do you? And I said, no, you don't. She said, I like that. I said, yeah, it's one of the things I, I enjoy about our community. We can see through the smoke. Yeah. 
And of course, as you mentioned, Bob Wallace, executive director of the VFW uh, Lifetime Achievement Award last night. Uh, we had uh, Senior Master Sergeant Israel Del Toro right. receiving Veteran of the Year, uh, the Student Veterans of America receiving Nonprofit of the Year, our Riveter receiving Veteran Business of the Year. Really an amazing gathering of veterans, and I'm so happy that we were able to have an event like that last night, organized by Justin Brown and the amazing team at Hill. I'm X. proud of Justin because Justin was working with the VFW here in the Washington office as one of our associate directors on the legislative side. And obviously, you know, we if you're working for a nonprofit in yeah. Washington, D.C., there's always other jobs that can pay a little bit better. Yeah. But you know what? You know, we bring them in, you know, we educate them, we train them, and if we, they go out someplace else— we look at it not so much as a loss, but we're sending an advocate out into the wilderness someplace yeah. else. And, you know, it, it, that's a good thing because people need to understand what it is to be a veteran's advocate. Because, you know, you get 30,000 registered lawyers here and uh, registered lobbyists here in Congress representing 20,000 interests. Somebody's got to have the back of veteran service members and their families. And that's why the VFW and our sister organizations are so important here. Yep. And Justin uh, and Hill Vets and what they've done in recognizing the, uh, the dropping and declining numbers of veterans serving on uh, staff of congressmen people senators and, and congressmen and women uh, is an issue they wanted to address they found a way in this event last night i'm telling you joe they need to get this thing nationally televised because i'm tired of seeing multimillionaires get awards for pretending to be like oh i pretended i was johnny cash really good they should give me an award or a trophy or something like that i'm tired of that but what was happening last night with hill vets i could watch uh, a ceremony like that every week amazing things uh and if you uh if you get a chance to read anything about it or check it out i highly recommend that you do i also recommend that you check out what the vfw is doing Doing with all of their amazing programs and Joe in our last few seconds here. If people want to find out more about the VFW, where do they go to do so? First of all, we just went over 600,000 Facebook wow. fans. So if people want to go to the National VFW Facebook page, please like us because of the host of information there. And our website is VFW.org. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge apply. Ctmobile.com. 